Hey, can I speak to the superstar Jeff Olin, please? There, there you go. I think that is him. <laughs> and that nice. is him. Hello. Hey, hey it's so nice to meet you by phone. I've obviously heard a lot about you over the years, and I'm glad our mutual friend, Nan Sumsky, introduced us so I could have you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah no, I love it. Thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, uh, I appreciate you calling, and you look you look so great. You look exactly the way I thought you'd look. <laughs> like your phone? On the phone. Yeah. On the phone. <laughs> okay, Jeff, I want to start, um, if you don't mind, from... Yeah. The let's just assume somebody has moved to Mars and has no yeah. access to entertainment other than watching Martian girls dance, and now yeah. they want to learn about um, background atmosphere, background actor. I know you cast atmosphere, but you also cast other things, and it looks like you are now producing. But for the time being, let us start sure. with background. What is it? Sure. Well, well, you know the best. The best bet would be probably to to uh, to build a um, uh, a rocket to get down to uh, to yeah, Earth. That would be practical. Um, yeah, that would be practical. But considering uh, anyone who's on Mars or or out in the outskirts or anywhere around the world or around the country who has no clue um, how to get into the industry, um, you know, best bet, of course, now that Jeff Olin is on your show, they could you know call my agency or look up my agency and find out a lot of information but the one thing that um, that I really tell people is to be very diligent and careful about looking up uh, agencies and um, various um, uh, managers and agents and people that uh, so-called want to help them out I think mm-hmm. the best way is to you know call the better business bureau whether it's in Los Angeles Chicago Atlanta New York wherever uh, find out a little bit more information on them. Do their, you know, do your research. Um, Google, Google them. Make sure you, you know you know who they are. Yeah. What kind of shows they've done. Making sure they're not just, um, you know, an agency running out of a suitcase. Right. Um, you need to. Uh, you you definitely need to do a little bit of your, a little bit of homework on it. But once you get to the right uh, to the right company. Um, they can, you know, they can help you out from there. I agree. I'm glad you brought that up because I do think as performers, people who want to work in entertainment, we're so excited about any opportunity that sometimes we skip the research and we skip the due diligence because we just, we want to feel like we're ready to get started. And there are a lot of people who are happy to take money, um, and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and Seth, you know that's a that's the that's the the point is is the money, the scams. Uh, there's too many of them, and I you know I, I talk like it is because it is very true. I mean, there's a lot of really great people in the industry, really great people, but there's also people that you know prey on people who are coming out from the various parts of the world or the country, or or they prey on parents, you know, trying to get their kids into the industry and. What they do is they say, well, you can go to this photographer and you can go to this person. They're going to get you an agent and they're going to help you here and they're going to help you there. And then you're going to give us $800 to $1,000. Well, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be paying out money uh, as you're learning the industry. There are enough good people out there that will help, uh, will help you and guide you, um, you know, for, for no, no profit. And I think it's uh, it's really important that whomever's you know listening that they understand that you know 
but doing the research, do the research a little bit. Nobody and and the other thing I want to say is, you know, if they meet somebody and they meet someone and someone gives them a card, hey, I'm a producer or I'm a director. Truth be told, anybody can make up a card on the internet nowadays. So what they right. have to do is they have to Google them, or they could go to IMDb, which is you know uh, the professional you know site where you can go and find out about people. Right. And don't ever let uh, a producer or director or so-called producer or director. Um, you know, say to you, well, if you don't, uh, if you don't, you know, come along with me or you don't join with me or, or, you know, you don't sign with me that you're never going to work in this town or any other town again. I uh, don't believe that. That's not, you know, that's just, uh, it's hogwash. Yeah. Now I believe I'm assuming that since you're leading off with these tips, you have seen a lot of people get burned because obviously you want people to know about this too, too, too many. Too many. I mean, I, there's a lot of people like you were even saying, Seth, you know, a lot of people, you know, they listen. They listen to certain people or they listen to, you know, friends or friends of family. Um, and a lot of times they're just getting information from what people have perhaps read mm-hmm. or read about the business, but they don't really know because they're not in the business. So yeah. they get various information. They don't know who to believe or, or how to, you know, how, or how to navigate uh, that's important, how to navigate and figure it all out. So, you know, the best way is to, you know, um, you know, if somebody has a friend that has worked in the industry, uh, maybe they can contact that person and ask that person to give some, you know, uh, you know, either names or phone numbers or, you know, make it easy. But, but you, you know, it takes homework. It's not, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, so it takes a little bit of time. But if you come across an agent an agent such as a Jeff Olin casting or an agent that will really help you because they're passionate about the business and they've been doing the business for a long time that, you know, usually, you know, I or one of my uh, associates would take a couple of minutes to walk somebody through and give them, you know, the proper way to possibly at least get started, get that door open. That's what it is. You know, I'm curious, um, sort of off topic, but I want to know what you think about this. Most casting directors that I spoke to make the brussel of somebody calls them a casting agent. But you're saying your company is an agency, or is that just a, a, a term that you guys use that theatrical casting uses differently? Yeah, I think that's more more what it comes down to. So my agency, Jeffel and Casting, is a casting company because. We specialize in extras casting, mm-hmm. uh, working on all kinds of shows and movies, which I'm guessing you'll get into perhaps later, a lot of stuff. Um, we also do principal and bit players, but we are oh, still nice. a casting company. We are still a casting company because it is, you know, it's Jeffel and Casting Inc. So we're yeah. some a company, and whereas a casting director, um, like if you take a, just a, Someone like Linda Lowy, who is casting director for HBO now. Uh, she was on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, for many, many good for years. her, man. Big leap up. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of her. So happy for her. Um, you take someone like that. That's a casting director. You know, it's not. A, she's not actually representing any kind of company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, she is, but it's not. You know, she's. It's a big banner of companies or a big umbrella of companies that she's repping, but she is a casting director. Mm-hmm. I'm a casting director, but I do much smaller things, and I and I have a company that's set up that allows me to bring in other casting directors to work under my umbrella. 
So that's why I think yeah. oh, that's why I say it's the Catholic company. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um so speaking of Linda Lowey and your the time you guys spent together on Grey's Anatomy, her with principal and you with background. Now yeah. let's say, you know, she's I don't know the exact number, but let's say she's got six series regulars, two guest stars, five co stars per episode. So maybe there's twenty people coming through her door for an episode, whereas coming from you, there could be up to a hundred at times. Hundreds. Yeah, Hundreds. so that's a lot of yeah. people to manage. Um, yeah. I, again, I want to go back to what what exactly, if somebody wants to do background work and they sign up with your company, what can they expect? What is background? We know it's non-speaking roles, um, yes. and yep. some people would call it a walk-on, but what, what yeah. do you look for from somebody who wants to sign up with you that you would utilize on set? Yeah. So let me. Yeah, and 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 also to what you were saying, you know, as far as calling them, you know, um, a walk on or or what have you, you know, um, background uh, background actors, which they're referred to now, they're commonly referred to now as a background actor okay. because they are actors. Agreed. They're just working right. in the background. They just don't say anything. Years ago, they were referred to as extras. You know, throw the extra in the set. You know, uh, give me give, give me forty extras in the scene, or give me you know. But now it's like, you know, on set and AD assistant directors and other people refer to them as background actors. Um, what I look for in particular is I, um, you know, obviously um, I love I love faces, I love characters, I love uh, people who are you know have a passion about it, people who understand the business to a certain degree, and if they don't, we can help them, but mm -hmm. they have to be willing to learn. I like people that are not just thinking that they're going to go on a set and become famous overnight because right. it doesn't happen that way. Right. It could take many, many, many years, and, and then it may not even happen. Um, there's a lot of people who have done extra work, or extra work, it's still called extra work, but have been a background actor for many, 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 many years, and they are still a background actor because... In some cases, they didn't want to move on. They didn't want to take that extra step. Maybe in other cases, they were afraid to take that other step. Um, there's all kinds of different reasons. There's people that do it because they're senior citizens. So they do it. They have some fun. Uh, they make some money. There's people that do it that are students. So they're making a little bit of money while they're going to school. And there's an awful lot of people that are doing it because they want to learn the business, not necessarily as an actor, although that's a big part of it, mm -hmm. but maybe they want to learn how to become a wardrobe person, or they want to learn how to become a camera person, or or something else. So it's the best way where you don't really have to be. And, and a lot of these projects, there are union background actors and non-union background mm -hmm. actors. So if you're non-union, um, you don't have to be in a union. So it's one of the only very few jobs in the industry on any union project where if you're cast as a non-union extra, you don't need to be in any union to get on that set to see what's going on, mm -hmm. which I think is the, is, is a, it's a phenomenal way to educate yourself, uh, you know, on sets just to figure out what it is that, that might really make you happy if acting's not the, not your uh, end all. You I... know, maybe it's something else. I cannot agree with you more. I spent probably four to five years on sets um, doing background acting, trying to get my SAG card, and really yeah. seeing the culture of a set and who does what and sort of the hierarchy. And, and I can tell you it's not 
people think that maybe being a background actor is just, you know, easy. You walk across. It's really not. I mean, there's a lot of right. pressure on set. There's certainly a lot of downtime, but there's the uptight, uh, uptime you have to be on and you have to be pretty humble because people are certainly not there catering to your needs the way they are to the other actors. That, that's absolutely right. And, um, no, you can't go on the set thinking it's just going to be a uh, you know uh, you know walk in the park because it's not like you just said it's not. You go there, you're working, you're doing things. Uh, there's there's a lot of money involved, tons and tons mm-hmm. of money involved. Production does not just you know um, you know sit. People aren't sitting around just uh, watching the clock tick. Um, there's a there's an awful lot of money that goes into any kind of project, and that's why you know you take a TV. Uh, um, a TV, a sitcom, or you take a TV show, a series. That's why it takes so long to actually film it. You know, um, people may not realize it. You know, when you're watching a Grey's Anatomy or you're watching, you know, any of your favorite shows on TV, um, that whole thing took at least a week and probably more like in some cases 12 days mm-hmm. to shoot. And you're doing that week after week after week after week, and you need to be on your toes. And even as a, a background actor, you go in there, you have to be on your toes because, as you know, if you're not, um, somebody's going to call you out there. Absolutely. It might be, you know, it might be a fellow actor. It might be somebody who is on the crew who doesn't think you're taking it serious. Um, it might be the craft, crafty, craft, you know, craft person oh, yeah. who's giving out the food during the daytime. Maybe you... You know, you're just not professional when you went up to, to you know, grab an extra donut. I mean, this is serious, and, and it, it yeah. sounds a little funny, but it is serious. I mean, people do watch to see how professional you are. And the professional ones, Seth, as you know, will be asked to come back. Absolutely. The ones that aren't professional will be told by, you know, will be told. Production will call us and say, you know what, you know, he or she, you know, they were really nice people, but there was something about them. They just didn't fit well with us or just, it's not going to work out. Uh, let's not, let's not, you know, bring them back for, you know, the next couple right. of episodes or what have you. And do you have to have a conversation with um, your actors if something like that happens or do you just stop booking them? I, I do have a conversation with them. Uh, you know, some of my peers may not. Mm-hmm. I do because I want to. I want to try to help them the next time we put them out. I mean, again, it all depends what they've done. Um, you know, I've had actors. I, I had one actor who, you know, walked into uh, a principal casting uh, a principal actor's trailer. Just walked in and Ooh. you know, uh, you know, and, and was caught walking in. He was you know whatever. If he was walking in for an autograph or he was walking in to sit down and have a cup of coffee with him, I don't know, but I don't think it was that. And so he got caught. You know, I had a conversation with that person. Um, That's a big no-no. You just don't do that. And, you know, things like that, and I have had different, you know, there are different uh, scenarios that have come up, and I usually will call that, uh, that person up, and I will I will talk it out with them, and I'll tell them what they what they did wrong, and hopefully for the next one when they are placed again, what they what they should really not do, and hopefully when I do talk with them, hopefully they're comprehending it and doing it because if they if I ever place them again on any one of my sets and anything similar happened or anything happened, that would pretty much be it. Yeah, you know. I just, yeah. you know, it's your reputation. No reason, right? Yeah, reputation. No reason to place them anymore. There's, you know, for every for every person who, you know, unfortunately is not professional, 
Um, you know, there's, you know, we hope there's two, three, five of them that are coming in the next day yeah. that are professional. I, yeah. ha- I hadn't thought of this before, but, you know, it came to my mind when you were saying about the actor going into that trailer. Do you ever yeah. have instances of, you know, social media detectives, you know, wanting to go through your system and become a background to get on a hot set to take pictures and put up on the internet, you know, really sneaky. I would imagine that would be very scary in this day and age. It it would be. It would be. Now, do I know that for a fact that people are coming in uh, when we register them uh, and they're doing that? No. Right. Because, you know, if they're that sneaky coming in, they're going to be that sneaky trying to do it. But the problem that sets have had more than not in the last, you know, four or five years is... Um, you know, everybody now has a phone mm-hmm. and you could take, you could take a photo on the set. You could be sitting on the set. You could be sitting in a really crucial scene on the set and nobody's really paying attention or whatever. And then you take out a phone and you shoot what's going on. I had something like this that happened a few, um, a few years ago on mm-hmm. a show. And, um, and what happens is where the, person who's taken the photo, the talent doesn't really know, but a lot of these shows, they have the social media people on social media, mm-hmm. almost like right away, and they're searching it out to see if anything comes up that would be, um, you know, detrimental to scenes or to the show or yeah. to an actor or to whatever. And so in that particular case, what I had had a few years ago, um, a gentleman shot uh, a scene that was going to be literally the um, the revealing scene uh, for the series uh, for the uh, for the last episode, and you know that would be crucial if that got out ahead of time. So he did this. Um, you know, we got we got wind of it. Um, you know, key people then start getting around uh, involved, and I'm on conversations with uh, legal from the network. I'm on conversations with the producers. Um, I'm on conversations with, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, different various people. And what they had to do was they had a they they asked him. You know, I had to ask him. Actually, they came to me first because if if he doesn't do what I'm kind of asking him for, then legal would get in even more. Yeah. So what I do know what happened was I asked him to pull it down, and he did. He took it down, but then he did get, of course, a letter from legal. You know, yeah. uh, in case he tries to put it back up or anything else, they would uh, they would go after him. They know yeah. who he is, and it happens. And then people like that, unfortunately, they're not invited back. So, right. I, you know, I don't I don't think he'll see the you know I don't think he'll see any uh, any sets for a long time to come. Yeah, I bet. Now you did a good job of describing the story, uh, especially for listeners who have not been on a set before. But the truth about a set is, it is. High pressure, high tension, and when you get a call like that, it's not like, "Hey, Jeff, um, we got a second. I want to just talk to you about something." It's normally like, "What is going on?" So I know that that must have been a really stressful situation that, that they put you in. And and my advice to anybody who is looking to get into the entertainment industry is respect privacy and respect the people who you're working for and with, because, like you said. Um, that person might not be able to go on multiple sets, not just yours. 
Multiple, and yeah, and it's and it's and like you said, Seth. It is. It's a respect thing because it will come full circle and we'll come back around, and it'll bite you. Because what happens is, it may not just be my sets. Because seriously, you know, a lot of people in this industry, we all, as you know, we all talk. You know, there's production people that are working with casting, and casting working with music, and music working with, you know. Uh, you know, the production office. So there's, you know, so it goes around. And if there's a situation or somebody that we need to maybe tell somebody else about, you know, hey, watch it, watch this person. It does, like, it travels, and it can travel like Chinese telephone. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do things that are, are you know, are going to be bad to you just because, or, let's put it this way. You don't want to do things that in the moment you think are going to be so great because it's after that moment that are not going to be so great. You will not get on sets. You will not be in the industry that you, you know, perhaps want to be in, and you're not going to meet people or be able to um, take your career to the next level if acting is what you want to do. Yeah, good point. Well said. So I'm in Los Angeles where your company is, and I want to register do I make an appointment to come down, or is it all virtual? How does it how does it work for somebody who wants to work with you? Well, uh, you know, I'll tell you. I, I I would love for you to come down. Can you come today? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, let's put it this way: everything has changed. Everything has changed oh, yeah. uh, quite a bit over the last six months, as we all know. Absolutely. Um, before before COVID. Um, I had, I would have big open calls and I would have, mm. you know, actors out the door, up and down Ventura Boulevard. And, wow. you know, I would go outside and I'd meet every one of them. I would say hello. I do my That's thing cool. and, and they do their thing. And, you know, I, I loved having them there and I love seeing faces. Now, until further notice, we're not going to have that, that indoor uh, casting for right now mm-hmm. because we can't really do that. Um, we are working on something though, maybe around the holiday time, maybe after Thanksgiving, before Christmas break, we might do something. And I will, I will put that on my, um, on my, uh, company page or my, you know, jeffholandcasting.com or I'll put it on my Facebook page. I want all your listeners to go to that, like the, uh, the casting page, uh, it's Jeff and Casting and Productions. Right. And if they go on that on Facebook, oh, Facebook they okay. will, yeah, they will join so many people from around the world that are in the industry. Um, and I will announce on there, and um, I would love to see, and I can't wait to see new people. So we're not right now. We're we're you know I'm taking a break. We're taking a break on bringing in any new talent right now, but mm-hmm. we will bring in more. And the other thing is too, the industry now is just starting to move again. We're mm-hmm. starting to see moving parts. We did not see it. It was literally, you know, as as you and your audience know, everything just shut down. But now we are starting to see little moving parts. We are starting to, you know, uh, get various projects. Um, I just signed on a couple of Netflix TV series, nice. ones with Jamie Foxx, which is fabulous. And, uh, you know, yeah, thank you. And, um, uh, the other one has, um, uh, what's it, Catherine McPhee is in the other one. Oh, yeah. So there's a couple of, yeah, a couple of great series, and those will be starting up. 
and there'll be other things starting up, but it's not going to be the full gambit of movies and television and, and commercials and the way it was. Now, yeah, we'll get back to that. Hollywood will get back to that. Right. Um, but it's going to take time. And um, I believe, um, I do believe that early summer, for some reason, that's in my head, early summer 2021, it's going to get back to like full full oh, force. Man, I hope. But we'll see. In I the, hope to. In the meantime, with your background actors who you know will be working on these series do they do you know yet whether they're going to have to isolate you know in some sort of pod or anything to make sure they can go on set i don't think i haven't heard anything about how they are going to handle background actors yet yeah it's a it's been a uh it's been a really um you know tricky scenario so um I've been having a lot of, um, you know, nowadays we, we're all doing these Zoom meetings. I've been having yeah. a lot of meetings um, with other casting directors around Los Angeles and even around the country. And we're all talking about, you know, we're all talking about the actors and the casting directors and how we're going to be, you know, what we're going to be asked to do and not do. We've also had conversations with the union and the Screen Actors Guild uh, to talk about, you um, you know, talk about that as well, and also with producers and assistant directors. So what's happening now is that on a lot of shows, they are going to build these, like, pods, and they're going to have the same people that are mm-hmm. going to be going out on that show. Now, you and I both know, you know, doing, um, you know, being a background actor, uh, doing extra work, um, you know, it, it, the thrill is you get, you know, you get booked on this show one day and then you get booked on another show another day mm-hmm. during the week. And maybe you're lucky to get a third, third job. Well, in this case, they're going to, in a lot of, a lot of these shows, what they're going to do is they are going to hire the actor. The actor first is going to go for a, uh, a COVID-19 test. Uh, once we know that the actor is clear from that, then the actor will go on the set, but the actor will be asked to keep maybe three, four days open, uh, and they call that a carry. They'll mm-hmm. carry them over. They'll they'll pay them for those mm-hmm. days, but the, the but that actor has to then go home. Like can't go out, can't go out to restaurants and bars or whatever. You know they're going to try to trace them the best they can. It's going to be difficult. But if you're if you're an actor and you're trying to get on sets, whether you're a principal or an extra, you really want to do it right. Because Correct, yeah. if if you go, you know, if you're running around town or you're going to, you're finding one of these, you know, you know, parties that are, shouldn't be happening and you're there and, you know, God forbid, uh, you know, you catch COVID or, or, you know, other people at the party do, it, it's just not going to look good for you for future either right. it's one of those things you know everyone's going to know um and um so that's one way they're doing it they're also going to test those same people i believe every three days mm-hmm. um i've also heard um well with a couple of the, like the projects we have um they're going to bring people in to test them they're going to then you know send them home and the same thing, got to stay at home or whatever, and then they'll bring him in for one day or maybe oh. two days, and that'll be it. Oh, I I've was thinking heard, maybe, yeah, yeah, you were going to say that they, for a, a series, they would want to use the same background actors yeah. and, and so they make sure that they're safe. They are. 
for a, a lot of the series there, and what they're going to do is they're going to have them wear hats, glasses, change their look up, probably see a lot more from behind. But, yeah, they're going to build these, like, pods of maybe, you know, 30 people, 40 people. Now, if you take a if you take a series, a uh, police series, and they normally would have, you know, 100 people running around a crime scene, you're not going to have that 100 people running around the crime scene anymore. It's only going to be, like, half of that. Yeah. Uh, just for right now. Um, and they will, you know, they'll change people in and out. And um, they will... They will do whatever they can to keep to keep uh, the actors safe, uh, the crew safe. Um, there's going to be, you know, in certain ways, Seth. There's going to be more money spent um, it, it, because they have to, you know, to keep people on hold and pay them every day. Yeah. Uh, to yeah, get to do all these COVID tests, I mean, it's it's going to be a you know it's a pricey thing, but you know, of course, it is the entertainment business. They can do it. We all believe it's, you know, I mean, we're, we're all hopeful that it's not going to last, you know, longer than a year. But we have to be prepared. And everything's going to be different on the set, too. You know, you're sitting away from people. Um, mm-hmm. Craft services we talked about earlier. You know, you used to, you know, you used to be able to go to Crafty and say, hey, you know, or go in there and, you know, pour your own soup or, or you know, late at night or, or get your own packages of potato chips and this and that and what have you. Well, nowadays... You know, Crafty is going to be right there probably at all times and serving you. What do you want? You mm-hmm. want a candy bar? Here's your candy bar. You know, right. that's it. Yeah. No more uh, yeah. grab and go. No, I, no more grab and go. Yeah. I um, unfriended this actor that I don't even really know but had friended me before on Facebook. Last <laughs> night, he I, he, I guess he's doing background work on some production in St. Louis and uh-huh. started complaining about the covid enforcer the person who was there and pretty much what bullshit all of this covid is and how they're fucking up production and i literally was like you are a moron you're just how unprofessional could you be these people hired you and whether you believe it or not they're looking out for the safety of the set and you're calling everyone stupid over it you're you've got to go i don't want to know you dude yeah no it's uh you know it's really sad it's really sad you know these uh you know, um, these people out there that, you know, don't, don't believe that anything's happening, but they still want to go out on the sets and they, you know, they want to all be, you know, treated like Kings and Queens. Well, you know what? It's, it's really not going to happen that way. We are all in a learning, you know, we're all learning right now. None of us know exactly what's going on and it's, it's tough. And so if you're going to, if you want to get out on a set, if you want to get out on a, uh, you know, a movie or a television set or commercial set, you know, be you know the be the best you can be yeah, you know totally. um, and, and be as nice as you can to yeah. others uh, because you know it really does it does come back to you you know um, life is not life is not difficult uh, it's only we we're the ones that make it difficult mm-hmm. we need to you know we need to get up every day put one foot in front of the other make it happen and and you know be as happy as we can listen there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of bad around us between the covid and then the fires out here and then the yeah. earth, the the you know the the, you know, the um, storms in the East Coast and everybody's going through so much. And especially this year, it just seems like, you know, everybody's going through it. But we have to, you know, get up, get out of bed, dust ourselves off and go on and, and you know, get on with that next day because yeah. everything's going to work out. But don't be, um, like you said about this guy, don't be an idiot. I mean, that's going to, you know, they're going to, they'll get rid of him and that's it. Absolutely. You know, it's. 
you know, nobody wants him yeah. on the set. If you want to say rude energy. stuff, say it to your friends. Like, don't don't go out in the public. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, right. I would like to know, if you don't mind walking me through, so I have now registered for your company, and, and we'll just assume it, it's normal time, not COVID time, yeah. just how things are going to go back to. So I've registered with Jeff Olin Casting and Productions, and now I'm looking for some work. Do I have you have my picture in a database? Do do the producers of the show look through who they want, or do they tell you I want fifteen college age kids, one fat guy? That would be me. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How does yeah. that work? Yeah. No, it's. Work? Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, you got a little bit. Uh, you got a little bit right. Um, but basically, they are. Um, uh, basically. They would come in and, uh, well, you know, we have their photo and all that information, mm-hmm. like you said. You know, we would take their photo and we would make sure that um, we had all the proper information on them, the phone numbers and all that good stuff. So we as casting directors will look at them for what we have. So let me let, let me break it down a little bit more. Please. So when a, when a production starts up, um, you know, we'll get, we'll get the scripts. So we'll read through the scripts. We have to know what's going on. Hmm. Uh, we're asked for various, um, various, you know, actors, uh, and we have to know what's going on. So on our end, you know, as we're reading the script, we might have, you know, we might think of, you know, talent that has worked with us over the years or recently that might be good in that in that particular scene, um, or not. And then what happens is we start getting the schedules from the production team. And we start doing meetings with them, and then we start doing meetings with the director. And when mm. you start sitting down with the director, and the director says, "This is what I want in this scene. I see this scene uh, here. We've got a, you know, we've got um, it's a restaurant scene. It's a uh, upscale restaurant scene. I see everybody in nice, nice suits and nice dresses and really nice looking folks. Um, I'm gonna." You know, have the principal actors, the principal actors are the ones that are speaking. I'm going to have them at this table right here. There's going to be four of them. But I want to have ten other really good uh, non-speaking actors around them. Uh, maybe perhaps a few at their table, uh, which are called, you know, special bits, um, or people surrounding them. So in a case like that, the director is more than likely going to ask me ahead of time, Jeff, can we see photos of people that are sitting at that table or mm-hmm. sitting around there. And then the director is going to make a decision on those photos. They, they will describe it to us with the assistant directors. They will describe it to us what they need, what the director needs, or the director will describe it to us in a meeting. The director might say, you know, I need a, um, I need a very upscale African-American couple. I'd like to also see, you know, uh, uh, two uh, female, uh, Caucasian females uh, in their 40s, upscale. I like to see, uh, you know, an Asian gal, uh, you know, 30 years old. So whatever. It could be just the breakdown of what they want. And mm-hmm. we have to give them exactly what they want. There is no, oh, can we give you this instead? No, because that's not casting. Right. Casting is giving the director and the, the assistant directors and the producers, you know, what they want. And it, it's really it's the director because it's, it's the director's creative vision on what he or she sees around that table or in that scene. So they might pick they might pick two or three and then they they might say to us, you know what, these are great, but let's see more. 
And so it can be that it can be that uh, you know we're we're sending photos until the director's truly truly happy with everybody that he sees there. I'll give you one in, um, one um, uh, instance. Okay. I did, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I did the movie Pulp Fiction many years ago. I now. saw that but last night of, doing a little research. That is freaking yeah. legendary, dude. Yeah, legendary and yeah. one of the best and one of my most favorite stories I could tell anybody. Um, and there was so many stories on that. But I was I was beyond lucky, thrilled, blessed, grateful to have been able to work with Quentin Tarantino on on you know multiple occasions. But when we did Pulp Fiction, um, I sat down with him. It was the first assistant director. Uh, it was. Uh, Quentin and myself, and we sat down in a room, and we went through the script. We went through the scenes, the important scenes to him. Um, and he said there was the most, I mean, literally, you know, I, at first I didn't understand him because, you know, he talks fast, and he's all over the place, and he's animated and what have you. But as, as we started building our rapport, it was fabulous. And he would come up to me, or he would even have his office call me and they get Jeff on the phone, and we would discuss various scenes, and it was great. It was fantastic. He's an actor's director. He looks at no, every yeah. single actor as an actor. They are part of that scene that's going to make that scene pop and come to life. Whether somebody that. like Samuel L. Jackson has a line or two or three, and then there's a you know a background actor in there with no lines, he wants to make sure he is as happy with that background actor, the way he looks, the way he is in that scene, as he is with Samuel L. Jackson. And so I really believe not only did I learn a lot prior to that from my from my ex-boss casting director, Sally Pearl, but um, Quentin Tarantino taught me so much yeah, of my early days like of casting. Yeah, beyond. I, I had no idea that, that you guys were that involved in the production process and sitting down with the directors. That fascinates me. Yeah, we you know we are and and you know it it really all depends on the the director. It depends on the production. It depends on uh, the the casting uh, uh, director and who's doing it. There are some companies, a couple, or not many, that maybe don't want to. They don't want to meet with the director. Yeah, now, more of like a factory kind of thing. A factory company, correct? Yeah. Correct. You know. Um, you know, which there's really only, you know, one factory company out there yeah. right now. So, again, it's the relationships you build, whether it's through mm -hmm. Central Casting or Jeff Olin Casting or any other casting company. It's the relationships we build. Now, just for your audience, you know, when we talk about factory agency, I say there's only one. is Central Casting. Central Casting is the biggest background casting agency in the world. They've been around since, I believe it's 1925. So, you know, you really can't. You know, you can't poke a stick at them. They are a factory. They have, they have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of faces. The other agencies, such as my agency or the others, we are independent casting companies. Mm -hmm. We are lucky. We are lucky to be able to get what we get and what we're able to get away from Central because Central is, they have so much money behind them that they're able to get, you know, uh, you know, three quarters plus of the pie, if not more. And we just mm -hmm. get, you know, we get small little pieces, but we're, you know, we got to be happy with what we get and we have to be able to, um, um, to cater to our directors and our producers and, 
and anyone who's involved if we're to continue on and, and, and right. move on and do what we like to do in the business. And maybe that's, you know, the kind of preference that keeps small independent companies as opposed to central in business that there are still directors and producers and maybe networks who really enjoy the hands-on approach and having people to communicate with about, you know, what's coming up and what's happening. Well, they, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that's exactly what, what uh, Quentin had said to me at that time when I sat down with him for Pulp Fiction. And, you know, I worked with him on Pulp Fiction and Four Rooms. And uh, um, we did um, uh, Jackie Brown and, and you know, uh, all part of his, you know, his, his dealings and all that, that whole group and, and uh, uh, from Dust to Dawn, uh, all those movies. So we, we had that. And then the same thing happened um, when I went into my meeting uh, 17 years ago. I went in to have a meeting with the producers of Grey's Anatomy. And this is when the show was just, you know, starting off. Mm -hmm. uh, we were pre-production. And I had my meeting with three of the producers that were the production producers. And um, we... Um, and uh, it was, well, first of all, Rob Korn and Kinberg and Peter Hort. And Peter Hort was on that show, 30-something. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an executive producer and a director, and he did a lot of grades. And then Ann Kinberg, uh, my champion, and Rob Korn. So I went in and I sat in a meeting with those three producers. They wanted to make sure that they had a company like mine. They did not want Central. They did not want a body factory agency. They said, you know, Gray's Anatomy... We see Grey's Anatomy, you know, you know, going for a while. Nobody could have, you know, told right. me that it was going to be seventeen seasons. But That's we think they said we see it's going for a while, and we want to, we want a really good company, a hands-on company, a company that will, you know, cater to us and be there for us and everything we need, and make sure that we're getting what we get. And and so, you know, um, Ann Kinberg, the producer on that, who I had worked with just prior, she said to the guy, she goes, this is it. Jeff Olin is the man. He's the guy. It's his company, and let's do it. And so we did. Wow. And as so many years later now, nobody would have, no one would have right. ever thought. Yeah. You know? And as far as background actors go, I mean, that's sort of a dream show, right? Because since most of the, the action takes place inside the hospital, I'm assuming... Yeah you have recurring background actors who work the front Correct. desk and, and nurses and really that's somebody's dream. That's you know, you have uh, money coming in, you get to be a part of yeah. the crew and the cast. Yeah, no, you're, um, you're absolutely right on that. Uh, you know, for a show like that, that's going, and if you're a professional background actor and you know, uh, you know, what, what production wants from you and what you need to give back, uh, then, you know, you go, you, you, you get up, you go to set, you, you, you're never late. Um, you're mm -hmm. always professional and you're always, you know, you're always going to be asked to come back as that nurse or that doctor or that front desk person. Um, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do anything that's going to, um, change that. And, um, because, you know, as long as you're liked from the production people, it makes it easier for the production folks to have you around. Yeah, because they don't have to constantly be telling you or saying, "Hey, walk this way or do this or do that." You've been there long enough to where you understand what a nurse does or what a doctor's movements are in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so, even though they're still going to tell you, "Hey, we want you to, you know, walk cross camera," you're going to know how to do it. You're going to know exactly what they're talking about because, you know, 
once you're with a show for that long and you become a, a regular background actor, um, you're part of the family. Yeah. You are absolutely part of the family. And, and, and it's a great job to get, Seth, like you said, because if you know you're going to have a job for maybe three days a week um, mm-hmm. or five days a week, you, you know you're, you know, you know it's all good. And same thing with stand-ins. When stand-ins get on a show like that, or any show, any TV series. So what is a stand-in? I Personally, I know, and I I never did it. I was scared to death to have to pay that much attention. But (laughs) how do we explain to the audience the difference between a background actor and a stand-in? Yeah. Okay. So uh, don't be scared. People can do it, but it's it's not for everybody, as Seth just said. It is not for everybody. It's not even the scared factor. It's it's. It's being um, being one hundred percent confident and focused on what you're doing. So, what a stand-in does is a stand-in is actually somebody that comes in is appointed to a uh, a principal actor that you're working with. So, let's just say on set there's five principal actors. These are again the people that mm-hmm. are speaking. So, we have to have five stand-ins. So the principal actors are going through the rehearsal and, you know, they're going through the rehearsal for the scene. The assistant director will say, okay, uh, you know, cut, rehearsal's over. Uh, principal actors, go, you know, go get dressed or in your, you know, go, go rehearse your lines or whatever. And then principal actors are considered first team mm-hmm. or a unit. First team usually is the one. And then, the stand-ins are referred to as second team or B team. So the way we the way we um, play stand-ins on the set is we get somebody who is as tall as that actor, um, who has pretty much the same hair color if we can, um, who has the same body build as that actor or actress, and somebody who you know hopefully has some stand-in experience. Now you can learn. To get stand-in experience, that comes, you know, with you know, obviously being out there more and more, and and you know, showing that interest. But so we bring in this other group of, well, we bring in the stand-ins. The stand-ins will then go to the marks, and I uh, I might be going a little, um, might be saying, let me explain it this way. Yeah, so so the job. actors are on marks. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah. the actors are on marks. They're marked. Uh, you know, um, actor John is standing on this, you know, the, this little tape mark and actor, you know, Betty is standing across from him on this little tape mark. Well, when they leave and they go off and rehearsing their lines, second team is called in mm-hmm. and that's the DP and the assistant directors will say, okay, you know, first team step out, second team step in. So second team are the stand-ins. They will go to those marks, those little tape marks on the floor. They will stand in, and the second team is there for the lighting purposes and camera purposes. And there's measurement tapes going from the camera to the face of the stand-in constantly. You know, you don't want to bite off their hand. I mean, that's the the hand that feeds you, right? These are, and and you don't want to get into a long conversation with the people that are doing this either because they're there to do their job. Mm -hmm. You're there to do your job. So you're standing in, you're getting the lights prepared, you're getting the camera prepared. So when the others, so when the actor comes back, the first team comes back, Everything is good to go. And also in situations, um, 
some of the second team, the stand-ins, will rehearse lines yes. with the actor they're actually standing in for. Mm. So if if in the um, if after the principal actors have walked off and the stand-ins come in and the director happens to be there, they might even change a line. They may say, you know, maybe we should change this line for the actor. Well, then it would be up to, um, you know, either production telling the actor or in some cases the actors have stand-ins that they rely upon. That stand-in would then go and tell the actor, hey, they've, they've changed their they change your line around a little bit, or they change this. So it's a great way yeah. of becoming part of the family as well. Can we talk about the money for background? So my neighbor, yeah. Teresa Cameron, she is signed with your company, and she gets work through your company, and she does it full-time because she gets health insurance until this whole SAG thing, but that's another story. Right. Um, so for people who don't know, there are usually two types of background actors, there's a union and non-union, as you spoke up, up earlier, which yeah. is SAG-AFTRA. What is the rate for a non-union, a non-SAG-AFTRA actor, background actor? So nowadays with the, um, you know, the um, uh, minimum wage has gone up. So it is $120 for eight hours. For non-union? For non-union. That's way better right. than when I did it. That's it's a, way better yeah. than when I did it. I think I, I did it was 54 or yeah. 64. I'm wow. hating myself a little bit. Yeah. But it is, it's a pretty good day, actually, if you think about it. It's not bad because yeah. that's 120 for eight hours. That also means that if you show up on the set and you're only there an hour and they send you home, you still get that 120. Mm -hmm. That's your money. That's mm -hmm. your money. So that's 120 for eight, and then there's double. There's a, there's a time and a half after that up until 10 and then double time after uh, after 10. Um, and then union, you're making about 50 some dollars more than that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, for that same eight hour day. Um, union is, uh, 174, I believe, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's mm -hmm. funny I say that. No, it's 178, um, for, uh, eight hours. Uh, that's the new rate now. And, um, you know, and then the stand-ins make, uh, 209, for that same amount of time, stand-ins, wow. and then you have photo doubles, and you have others. So, you know, you could make some money if you get on any of those shows as a regular, or even as a on a on a movie production as a regular stand-in or a regular background. Yeah, you can make some money, um, and you know the 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 opportunity to learn is beyond absolutely. And then, and then yeah. you know, and then Seth also uh, one of the things, and you know that you know. You might have that rate. That's your standard rate. But you're, there might be more, too. Um, you mm -hmm. might get a bump on the set. Maybe you took a skateboard, or maybe you know how to swim, or maybe you know how to ride a horse, and they put you on a horse. I mean, that happens, you know, of course, in westerns and stuff like that. Those are, you know, special and ability. So those special uh, so abilities, you get, you, you get bumps if they called for in the episode. So, right, if they say, yeah. hey, this is a pool scene, and we need somebody to go in the water – Right, okay. right. So you're gonna get you're gonna get a wet bump for that. So SAG actors would get the wet bump, which I think is uh, uh, fourteen dollars. Um, so you're gonna get the wet bump. But also, if they ask you to like, if they ask you, if production says we want somebody who could do major dives off the diving board, um, you know, uh, 
then that's going to be special ability because not everybody can do that. And then we're going to negotiate with the um, unit production manager or the producer. We're going to negotiate with them to get that person a either a higher rate or a bump. So, so in other words, I might say, you know, well, that's special ability. This guy's diving. He was an Olympic diver. Now he's in this, doing this, but whatever. He's the best, you know, whatever. He's really great. You know, let's give him a let's give him the wet bump, and let's give mm-hmm. him an extra, you know, hundred dollars, you know, because he's going to be diving all day. Mm-hmm. So they will tack on that extra hundred dollars for him, mm-hmm. and that's a hundred dollars extra on top of the one seventy eight that the SAG person is making, plus overtime, plus whatever else they're getting. So yeah. if they're doing it for a day or two days or five days, they could, you know, they could make some money. And uh, it's, you know, it's not a bad, you know. It, it's not bad money, it's, but, you you know, you do have a lot of long days, uh, but you have to be, you know, hopefully you're very passionate about the industry and want to be out there. Yeah, no, very true. Uh, and the only thing that scares me about what you said is from your point of view, because I know when I began my journey, I was one of those crazy people who said I could do anything, even if I can't. Uh-huh. So what happens when the when the director says, "Okay, we need somebody who can do this exquisite high dive," and you go yeah. through your list and you see people physically who look like what you're looking for, and it also says, "Oh, I'm a diver." Like, how do you yeah. protect yourself to know that you didn't send somebody on set who is pulling yeah. a stunt? That that's a great great question. I think as the years have progressed here since I've been doing this, and I've been doing this for an awful long time, you know, there's a lot of ways now that we can try to protect ourselves from from putting you know putting someone else because because people will say all the time, oh, I can do that, mm-hmm. I can do it, and then they get to the set and they can't do it. They right. just want to get out to that set. So. What I will do now is if I'm looking for that, you know, phenomenal diver and I don't want to let the director down, I don't want to let us down, and that guy calls me and he says, oh, I'm I'm so good, I'm so good, I'm going to blow your director away. I'm going to say, okay, you know, I, I want to see tape on you. Mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see tape. I don't want to see something from 20 years ago. I want to see something more recent. If you don't have it, then go to a pool and get somebody to tape you, I want to see you diving. I need to see what I'm asking for. That's so, so smart. A lot of times we're going to see that, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to do my research. It may take a little longer to make sure, or even if I have to Google this person and find out and see what they're telling me and see if it's right. But I want to make sure. And, you know, those are that's a lot of steps to be taking just for somebody who's going to be diving off a diving board. Mm-hmm. But we have to do that. In casting, if you want to do it right and you want to make sure that you're – your, you know, your producers and your director and everybody on set is getting that right person. Then you have to, you have to do it. It's called street casting. You have to go out. You have to spend a little more time and mm-hmm. try to get the right person for that. Um, but then, in the long run, you know, you know, your director and your producer, they're going to be thrilled. And guess what? They're probably going to come to you for the next job. Absolutely, I agree. You know, and and I- they'll go back to the diver too. Actors who are listening, it, it, please take this away. Please take this as, as urgent. If you want a career, you do not lie about your abilities or your even. I think even your height. Um, right. You just just best to be honest. Yeah. No. The, and you're, again, you're so right, Seth. Because you don't want to. You don't need to lie about your height. 
I mean, you know, if yeah. you're trying to lie about your height to get on to stand in for somebody, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. You know, right. and some people have, you know, some people have the the shoes that make you extra tall, whatever. Well, that's fine. Just just say, hey, you know, um, I've got those shoes and uh, I'm a great stand in, and then you better have a good stand in resume to show us because if you do have a good stand in resume and you're an inch shorter or two inch shorter than the than the actor, but you have a great resume and we see who you've stood in for on their resume, then there's no reason to question yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, about, you know, and everybody, everybody lies, and people lie about their age all the time, too. You oh, know? yeah. Here's the thing in casting, uh, at least the way I do it and my company does it is, you know, age is just a number. You look at the person, and in most cases we can apply that. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm going to put out a 45, 50-year-old as a high school student who's just a small small person uh where some mm-hmm. people think they can do that right. we're not going to do that we're not going to do that because we know that you might look good as that 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 five five foot tall person in the far background we can get away with it but we're not going to send you to a set where the director is going to say what is this person doing on here they don't even look like they're high schoolish right yeah so we won't even we won't even spend two seconds a second even thinking about that Got it. Yeah. So smart. Now, the holy grail when I was doing background work was getting SAG vouchers. Uh-huh. Is, does this <laughs> system still exist? For those actors out there who are listening, if you don't know, again, back when I was doing it, there were only a few ways to get invited to join the union. One was to be cast in a speaking role on a union production. And another one was to get three SAG vouchers, which you would get doing background work if you were one and 600 million percent lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Now I think it's 800 million percent lucky. Oh, yeah, it's Um, getting harder. Well, it's getting getting harder now um, for your audience. I'll just say this. this is my. This is from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, and my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's getting harder because we have now smaller groups. Right now, I'm talking about just right now, this okay. time that we are in right now. We have smaller groups of people on set. So if there were forty-five, fifty extras on a set, maybe only half of that was going to be union, and I'll explain that in a second. Yeah, great. And now, now it's only the union people. On set, so you have to get extremely lucky mm-hmm. that maybe a union person didn't show up, and you were just in the right place to get a call for a rush call. But, but you know, just so your audience knows, you know, in movies and television, there are you know. And then I'll go back to the SAG voucher if you don't mind. Uh, you, you take a regular TV series, um, one of these series at night. Uh, they have to have. Uh, they have to have 24 union people before they go to non-union people. Okay, that's a deal that production made with the uh, with the union. Okay. Okay. You take a big feature film. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about a, a an eight million, ten million, fifty million dollar feature film. Uh, you have to put on 57 union people before you put on non-union. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Los Angeles. Okay. It's different in New York. Uh, that's a, it's a whole different thing. 
This is Los Angeles, so you have to put on 57 union people before you go to non-union. Interesting. And then there's non-union films, as we all know. And non-union, mm-hmm. you don't need to have SAG at all. Right. But going back to the to the to the prize, the union, the the SAG voucher. So the the best way is if you're non-union and you want to get your SAG vouchers, like Seth just said, basically you can do it if you were to get a line. Um, you could do it that way. But I always say one of the best ways of doing it is doing background acting mm-hmm. work. And what that does is that will get you on a set. So let's say, for instance, a TV series has 40 people on, and they have 24 of them that are union. That's the deal with SAG. Everybody else is non-union. Okay, you're non-union. You want that voucher. You know you have to get three of them, but you just want one. Just concentrate on that one. And know that other people are probably doing the same thing you are. They're waking up that morning, and they want that one, too. So the way you're going to get it, and maybe they're not going to get it, is you're going to get to the set a half hour early. You're not going to get to the set a minute before your time. You're going to get there a half hour early. You're going to go up to mm-hmm. the person that is checking you in. You're going to introduce yourself, and you're going to say to them, you know, um, hi, you know, uh, my name is so-and-so, and I... I am, uh, all I need is, you know, one more SAG voucher if you guys could help me at all. If somebody doesn't show up or, you know, you need to put somebody else extra on, I would absolutely love it if you would think about me. And, and if there's anything that you need, and you're talking to the assistant director or the PA or whoever's checking you in, mm-hmm. you say to them, and if there's anything you ever need, during the shoot today, please, you know, if I can run and get you a cup of water or whatever it is, you know, please let me know I'm there for you. And then That's they'll sweet. say, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. You walk away. Now, as the day goes on and, you know, you see that same PA or that assistant director and it's two hours later, three hours later, you know, you could say, you know, hi to them, wave to them, whatever. And, you know, again, you could say, you know, can I get you anything? Can I help you? And they may say, no, and they may say, yeah, as a matter of fact, can you go give me a cup of coffee? You know, you don't know. You don't know what kind of relationship you're going to be building with right. them, but at least you're being nice to them. And then the day kind of disappears, and it's almost the end of the day. And, you know, they don't know at that point in time if one of the union people didn't show up, mm-hmm. or for one reason or another, they have to put on another union voucher. Well, guess what? They will think of you. Yeah. You will be one of the first people they will think of. Kindness. Um you know, unless it's unless it's a director or producer's kid in there. Yeah. You will yeah, you will probably be that the choice and they'll call you over, they'll go, Hey, you know, thank you so much. You were there, you were so great. And the thing is not during the day at all should you go up and be bothering them and right. asking for it again. Never ask for it again. Yeah. You ask for it one time. That's it. Just be nice to them. I think that's and excellent so that's advice. Really, really. That's really good advice. And I think some of the people who are listening who might not know, one of the reasons you go out of your way to make sure that you're professional and courteous like that is because there are 30 other people who just ask the same question. And that's right. it's not, you know, just, hey, if you happen to have one, you when once you ask, you do want to make sure they, they know you are a team player, you were there for them, you are not going to get in anyone's hair. You're just going to do your job. So I, I love that advice because I think relationship is important. Yeah, and, and you know, just, uh, you know, onto what you said, you know, like, you know, the team player. 
uh, you're going to be on set when they call you. You're going to be there every mm. time they need you. You're going to, you're not going to, you know, when they're looking for you, you have to be around. And that's the only way that they're going to keep it in your in their head that you were just a great person from the minute you checked in with them. But, you know, you ask for that SAG voucher one time in the morning or whenever you're checking in, and then you just don't bring it up anymore. There's no reason to bring it up because other people, like you said, there's 30 other people maybe thinking the same thing. They're bothering them. Some of them are bothering them all through the day. And I could tell you, because I used to be a coordinator on set, mm-hmm. and I would give out the vouchers. I could tell you when people would come up to me more than once and bother me for those vouchers, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give it to them. Yeah. I just want to feel good about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. The you know? benefits, I mean, the benefit of getting the vouchers and going union, one, for the pay and for the the protection the union gives you and especially if you want to have an acting career i mean most agents and managers are only going to be interested in meeting with you if you're union but they're also if you are interested in doing and continuing background work for a while there's a lot less work for union background actors isn't there yeah yeah in the um certainly in the olden days oh back um, in, yeah yeah, prior to this COVID thing, but it's all going to change back. Um, yeah. yeah, there are, because there are so few um, SAG, uh, you know, SAG spots available. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, if if you have a, a feature film even, and there's 200 people in the stands, you're only using 57 57 are union, but out of those 57, you might have seven that are stand-ins. So that's going to use up seven vouchers right there. Then you only have 50. And so that means, you know, there's a, you know, there's a hundred and something that are going to be non-union. So you'll have more non-union on the bigger shows that, that have more, uh, extras, right. You'll have more non-union, but, um, you know, it's all possible. You put yourself out there. And, and another way to get, you know, SAG vouchers is when you're talking to your casting director, whether it's me or some other casting director around town or around the country, you know, talking to them, you know, express to them, you know, that uh, that you'd, you'd love to, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to get a SAG voucher that you would love to get one. Don't say, oh, I need three. Just say, you know, just to get one, it would be great. Um, mm-hmm. Because what will happen is we will think of you, too, and we can do it on our end as well mm-hmm. and that's called a taft partly but it has to be a good reason right you know we're not just going to do it to do it we have to have a good reason and some of the best reasons are if if you know if that same diver that we talked about earlier seth was non-union but it was the only diver we could get to make that great dive that the director wanted then we could taft hartley that person and give them a sag voucher mm-hmm. and 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 the only people that really can do that are the casting, the casting people. Um, and, you know, they can also do it on set. There's a few people on set that can do it. But, you know, it, um, it has always been something that I've loved to do. When I can do it, people are excited beyond. Yeah. And, you know... You know, I'll continue. I'll continue doing it if it's something that is very, you know, very special, or, or you know, somebody, somebody was just so professional for us for the past three weeks, and they need their last union voucher. You know, I mean, there's been times, and I'll, I'll take care of somebody yeah. wherever I can. I'll take care of them. That's legitimately the most exciting thing for uh, an actor starting out is to get those vouchers. So that, that's really cool, and that's cool that you know the excitement that that brings to an actor. 
you know, because it, it, and I'm sure because everybody wants it, you're only doing it for special reasons and for special people, not just because like, hey, work with me, I'll get you your vouchers. Yeah, and I think, and I think everybody's special. I think everybody is. You're special. so nice. Yeah. Well, no, they are all special. Everybody's special. Everybody's a special person. It's a matter of what you do with that specialness. I mean, are you are you going to be professional? Are you going to be passionate? Are you going to be there on time? Are you going so you know you you know you know it's your own thinking. It's how you work it, and so you're you're special until you're not, I suppose. Yeah. Now, I mean, you've gone into such a specialized field. How? How did you end up being a casting director? What got you excited about entertainment enough to pursue it? Well, when I was, you know, I was younger, growing up in the Chicago area, um, I was all I was fascinated with all the all the shows, all the shows we would watch as a family. Um, I just loved it. I loved watching TV. I loved going to the movies, and I just was always a little bit of a ham. And I would always want to get out there and you know do certain things. And I I got into doing plays, and then I did some radio DJ work. And I wait a minute. I wait to, a minute. I'm sorry. I looked this up. You were at K Earth 101. <laughs> yes, I was. That's amazing, dude. I'm a big fan yeah. of yours right now. <laughs> Yeah, it it was it was it was good. I was when I yeah that was out that was out here. Yeah, so I didn't mean um, to skip ahead. I just fanboyed out. Really. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. I loved it. Um, and so I did. I did that. I did. Uh, uh you know, a uh, couple of you know different radio stations and what have you. And then I got into the acting thing, and I started as a um, you know, I, I came out from Indiana, and I came out to um, to uh, to Los Angeles. Well. What I did in Indiana, and I think everybody should do this. If you're starting out in this industry, you have to do this. You have to you have to remember um, that even though it is show business, um, mm. it's only ten percent show, ninety percent business, mm. and you mm. must remember that. You know, you you can't. That's the whole thing of you can't think you're going to go on a set and all of a sudden tomorrow you're going to get discovered. It's not, it doesn't happen that way. Mm. So what I did back in the Chicago area. I went to bed. I started thinking, who do who do my parents know? Who does my friends friends know? Whomever, whatever, whatever. And I put the dots together, and we found out that there was a there was a producer that was out here. His name is Phil Duran, and he was doing a show back in those days called um, I believe it was called um, uh, The Facts of Life. Oh my the God, Life, my favorite which show. Which you probably ever. heard of. Yeah. yeah. So. So I went to Phil's mother's house, who lived in the area. Long story short, I went there. I knocked on the door. I told her my name. She knew my parents. I said, "I'm going out to California. Is there any way that maybe I can, you know, meet with your son?" Now here, wow. I'm a nobody in in Indiana, and I want to meet with this producer guy. Well, how does that happen? It only happens, you know. Things kind of only happen in that in that mm-hmm. regard. I did my homework, and 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 I came out here and. A week went by, two weeks went by, five weeks went by. Finally, I got a phone call, and he met with me. Wow. So I started acting, started doing the soap operas. I did Days of Our Lives. I did, you know, I, I had, you know, small parts, speaking parts on uh, 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 something called Capital. Um, I did, you know, different soap operas. I did a couple of small movies. And the more and more I got into the acting, I knew that I wanted to do it, but I also knew that I, you know, I... After about ten years of acting, if I didn't become, you know, my own head, some sort of, um, you know, some sort of, you know, 
name recognition, and and that wasn't. I mean, you should never think that way, but that's what right. I did. I yeah. said I'm gonna I'm gonna go elsewhere. I'm gonna do other things, and I don't know how much. You know, did you do the? Did you see what the? the anything about the billboard up there? No. Oh, that doesn't ring a bell to you. Okay, so I was uh, when when I was trying to make it as a as a as an actor. Um, so I did the extra work and I did everything I could, and then I was like, "What do I do? I don't I don't love doing this extra work." Well, let me let me just kind of think. What else is there? There was an ad in a magazine in Los Angeles. So it used to be the magazine used to be called the Drama Log. I remember, and it was yeah, a long time ago, right? And um, there was an ad in Drama Log uh, and said, "Be a star on Sunset Boulevard. Enter the 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 Winky Billboard Contest." <laughs> so. This was before any kind of reality shows or anything, uh-huh. and I entered this contest to be put up on this billboard to play kind of it was a king of the hill, and I wanted to get attention. Yeah. If you're an actor, you right, want to get right. attention. You totally. want to do something to get attention. So I did, and I lived up on this billboard for quite some time. So you won the As contest. Matter of fact, um, I was one of the people. Oh, wait that, a minute. I misunderstood. What you're saying is you actually physically went up to the billboard. You were yes, staying I'm, on the billboard. I was living on the billboard. As a matter of fact, Seth, and you know, I'd love to talk to you in the future about this. Yeah. Right now, that's all being developed. It's being developed into a uh, into a series. So, um, wow, it's, uh, it's really funny how years later things uh, things all come to fruition. That is so um, crazy, cool. So I lived I lived up there, and by living up there, I got a lot of people that would you know uh, you know I mean I. I, I auditioned up there for um, for the for the show Days of Our Lives. They did an audition <laughs> on the billboard. Uh, Jan Jan Glazer was the casting director. I love at the time, Jan. She's she, a she's a good friend of mine. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, ask her about that. She'll tell you. And uh, so we just had a great we had a great time, and and that was you know that was on Entertainment Tonight and the Today Show. They they showed that all up on you know so all this stuff. So so I got into acting. And I did the acting for about 10 years, but then I started, you know, I was working for a casting director by the name of Sally Pearl at the time. And one thing led to another, and I just said, you know what, the acting's great, it's really good, but, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to make, I want to make more money. I want to do more. Mm -hmm. I want to make, you know, I want to, you know, the acting, you know, in the acting world, it's great. But you're, you know, you're going to auditions, you're sitting around, you're waiting for the phone to ring. I needed more. I just needed more. And so that's when I got into casting. I kind of fell into it. I was working for this woman, like I said, Sally Pearl. And um, I just decided to kind of go off and open up my own agency. And you know, the rest is history. You know, you you have to try something. I was I was very fearful of it, but yeah, I went of off and I opened it up, and uh, and that was my old agency. That was called Rainbow Casting. I did that with two partners. Okay, and so then we closed that one down. I remember hearing about Rainbow Agents, Rainbow Casting, when I was doing background work. I didn't realize it was yours. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was. It, 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 if you were here, it was mine, and that's where I did Pulp Fiction and worked with Quentin and all those folks. So and then and then after about ten years, closed that one down, and then opened up Jeff Olin Casting, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, man, that's so that's so cool. And I don't know that I would have the guts, but guts is what pays off. I have a lot of casting director friends, a lot of people up and yes. coming in the casting community, and what whenever they branch off on their own, my biggest fear is 
dude, how are you going to develop relationships with producers to hire you? There, there's yeah. only so many producers. So the same thing for you when you went on your own. There's only so many shows and movies and producers or directors, and you're going to have yeah. to figure out now how to meet with them, how to know when they're looking. I, I don't know how you did it, but kudos to you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think the way you do it is um, – you know, it, it kind of is full circle here as an actor, you know, someone who wants to be an actor. Um, you, you try to be transparent. Uh, you don't go in, you know, lying, you know, that I did this and I did that. Because, you know, it, it's going to come out. Anyone could find out about what you did and what you didn't do. You go in there and you say, you know what, I'm going to work my, you know what, off uh, for you. I, I know I can do this. Um, you know, give me that opportunity. And you start building those relationships. And, you know, with the Rainbow, I had a lot of relationships built. And, when I when I closed Rainbow to open up Jeffel and casting, there were some people that said, "Oh, you're you're never going to make it as you're on your own because you don't have the contacts." And I said, "Well, watch me, yeah. you know, because what happened was I built the contacts and I told the contacts. You know, my hardest thing was when I was an actor and I went into casting and I had to go to tell all the casting directors that I knew. I had to go to all of them and say, "Hey, guys, listen, guys, gals, whatever. I'm not acting anymore. I'm going into." casting that was so hard and i told yeah. all the producers as well that i was working with but that's what opened up a lot of doors for me mm -hmm. and and now it's kind of the same thing you know word travels word travels fast in this town you know you work with people you're good to them and um you uh, you build those contacts and and every time you get on a show and you're able to meet somebody whether uh, whether you're an actor or you're in production you meet somebody you know, you don't want to burn bridges because you never know who they could introduce you to yeah. or where that could go. Yeah. You know? Jeff, I have 1,000% love talking to you about the world of casting and your world of casting, but I was on IMDb last night and I discovered that you are also producing. Can we talk about that? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, you know, I've always, um, Seth, I've always dabble in it and i did a little bit here there as far as producing years ago i i did a movie called holy hollywood i had mickey rooney in it wow. and then i had some fathers of uh of star i had quentin tarantino's biological father i had um al pacino's father sal the mm. late sal pacino in it and uh that was about that was about rival casting companies and that was great <laughs> we made the film you know shoestring budget made the film and uh and it sold a little bit overseas, and and I've you know I've dabbled a little bit since. But then, right before, right before this whole COVID nineteen thing set in, I was, uh, I you know I I partnered with a um, horror film director by the name of Chad Farron, and I've known Chad for years, and he has asked me to produce for him, and I just didn't mm -hmm. really have the time. I've been so busy in casting and and everything else, and. But this one, I, I read the script. I really liked it. It's called The Deep Ones. And I told Chad, sure, I'll do it. So, you know, uh, during the daytime, I would be, you know, casting in the office. And at night, we were shooting uh, we were shooting The Deep Ones. Wow. And uh, we finished it. We finished it in, in February. Um, it was, uh, it's been, you know, edited. And uh, it is now, um, it's going to be at, so far, six different... Um, film festivals around the, uh, around the country. That's amazing. Yeah, and thank you. I thank love you. that you were able to get it done right before the shutdown came. 
I mean, if you were halfway Isn't that through, yeah, timing is perfect for no, you. No, so amazing, and we're so, you know, we're so we're so blessed to have gotten it done. And it was hard. It was hard work. Uh, and Chad, uh, Chad uh, Farron, the director and writer, mm-hmm. he also uh, did the editing. And wow. now it's at the uh, it's at the um, Sigis Film Festival in Spain. Wow! Um, it's at it's going to be at uh, you know a couple different horror and film festivals uh, you know all over the place. Uh, there's uh, there's one in uh, the UK. It's going to be at and uh, it's at about uh, three or four others. And every day now we're we're getting more news that it's out there. It's had a lot of press. Really right. happy about that. And um, you know I'm thrilled about it. So we'll see what happens. And I'm going to do more. That's what I'm I was gonna just going to ask. Do more producing. Yeah. Yeah. So and so that's why we added on the Jeff Olin casting and productions because that's a focus now. That yeah, and exactly that's exactly it. You know, um, I try to um, I try to do whatever I can in the industry uh, that uh, that makes sense to me, and. Um, you know, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult industry as we all know. Yeah. Um, it's not a cakewalk, but you can do it. Anyone yeah. can do it. And I, you know, I tell I tell you, I tell all your uh, all your fans. You know, uh, they're my haters. Don't give up. They're my haters. And your haters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one hates it. Come on, just believe, believe it can all happen and it will. I yeah. I love that, and I do think uh, I'll just tell you this quick story. I kept you on the phone for like yeah. two hours. So. Sure. I, oh, no, it's fine. When I moved to Los Angeles, I knew nothing and no one, but because I watched shows like The Facts of Life and all this stuff, I really did b- wake up every morning thinking I was going to be a big star. This is how it works. And yeah. I literally just floundered being the weird guy, sending weird stuff to <laughs> casting to get noticed. And it wasn't until I... I started taking an internship in a casting office that I learned about the actual business because I didn't yeah. I didn't go into background work as early as I should have. I didn't do anything like that. But I tell the story now and my, my series Obsessed is based off that time. The happiest uh, times in wow. my life were those days yeah. when I could wake up believing anything was possible. And whether or not yeah. it, it happened then or not, I still that feeling carried over for years at a time, waking up thinking it was possible. And if I had just put action into that belief, it probably would have. So I love that your your big advice to people is keep believing. Keep believing. You're your own tool. You know, make it happen. You have to con- continuously believe because, you know, like you just said, those were your happiest times um, knowing that you could do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of finding the right way to do it. And not there is no one way of doing it. Um, you know, agents could tell you this. Uh, casting directors could tell you something. Friends, friends of friends, everyone could tell you. You need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. But do it your way. Do it the way that feels most comfortable comfortable to you. And it will all fall into place. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that one. Jeff, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, and your kindness. And I'm sure we will talk again. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much, and uh, I look forward to that. Obsessed is the best podcast ever.